Good morning, Harvest. It is so great to be with you this morning. We've got our dream team in the room. If you're watching online, we welcome you this morning. And uh, I, I just really felt like when Christina was admonishing somebody who stumbled into the stream, and that wasn't by accident, I feel like there's somebody else that's watching this morning, and you feel like your life is disqualified. I, I'm not sure what has happened in your life, what you've done, or what's been done to you. And I just feel like you, you just feel that way, like there's just no going back. And I want to tell you this morning, in Christ, there's always a way to come back. There's always a way to have a new beginning and a fresh start. And I don't know who you are, but I just want to encourage you this morning with that. And uh, we believe in second and third and fifth and 100th starts at harvest because that's what Jesus taught. And he said, come to me. You who are tired and, and burdened, and I will give you, dream team, I'll give you, I'll give you rest. Hey, this is Churches That Heal, part one. This is material that's been developed by Dr. Henry Cloud. He's not here this morning. I'm here this morning. And uh, we probably will hear from Dr. Cloud during the teachings uh, via video. And we just appreciate that he's put this material together for churches all across North America and the world. He packaged it last year in this format specifically for um, the post-pandemic, uh, what we believe is going to be many, many people coming to the house of God in the days to come looking for hope. And we've been declaring hope over the Internet, and I know that people will be coming. We want to be more sensitive as a church to know how to be a church that heals. The material that we're going through, uh, I personally went through uh, about five years ago in California during an intensive with Dr. Cloud, and uh, it, was, it was amazing. And I remember coming home thinking, is there a way we could do this for the whole church? And uh, this curriculum provides that, and so I'm excited today to begin our series, uh, Churches That Heal Ingredients of Growth. We were leading up to Easter with a series called Amazing Grace, and I did that for two reasons. Uh, first was I wanted us to understand the power of grace and uh, that we would continue as a church to understand the power of God's grace. And second of all, to be reminded that we want to be very intentional at Harvest to create safe places for the unchurched. We believe that we're to reach this region. We believe it more today than we did yesterday. I know we'll believe it more tomorrow than we have in the days gone by. We want to really create clear pathways to Jesus, unhindered uh, pathways for people to discover his love, his forgiveness for their lives. We want not only Harvest to be a place where people find Jesus, but we want Harvest also to be a place where people can grow in every way in their relationship with Christ. As you become a Christ follower, the promise is a transformed life. The promise is that we would know him and he would change us from the inside out. I've grown up in church my whole life. And just to be frank and honest, I have not seen a lot of transformation. I, until even in recent years in my own life, experienced real transformation. And as I've been sharing over the years here, that legalism or the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, trying harder and harder, will not produce transformation. We not only start in grace, but grace will change us. Grace is the power outside of us. If we could change ourselves, we wouldn't need Jesus, but we need him to change us. And so we not only start in, in grace, but we want to continue and have a discipleship model 
that's in uh, and understands grace as well. And that's what this series does. It helps us understand a biblical model of growth and so that we can also be a church that heals. Each week I'll, I'll teach or we'll show a segment uh, from Dr. Cloud. And then during the week, we're encouraging you to be in a small group. If you haven't signed up yet, you still can. They'll be open the whole time. I'm going to keep those open so you can jump into one. If for whatever reason you couldn't up to this point, there are downloadable notes, as Christina mentioned a moment ago, the Participants Guide. The Participants Guide has a lot of work in it, just saying, right up front. And like anything else, whatever you put into it is what you'll get out of this series. And so we really want you to invest. And uh, what will happen, I believe, is this will give us some language in our culture. Um, and our small group leaders will continue training in the Churches of Heal material in the months and the years to come. And we want to also create safe places in our small group. Because group is really where this gets traction. Uh, where you get to process this material and your lives in the days to come. So we really encourage you to be a part of, of groups. So here, let's jump into the material, Luke chapter 13, just before I do that. So this week, if you're looking at the material, you're in your small group, what do I prepare for? Session one, session two. So session one is really an introduction, and then session two in the notes, and I'm combining those today, session one, session two, as you do the work in your notes this week. Then Jesus told this story. This is Luke chapter 13, verses 6 through 9. A man planted a fig tree in his garden and came again and again to see if there was any fruit on it. But he was always disappointed. He was always disappointed. Finally, he said to the gardener, I've waited three years and there hasn't been a single fig. Cut it down. It's just taking up space in the garden. The gardener said, sir, give it one more chance. Leave it another year, and I'll give it special attention and plenty of fertilizer, and if we get figs next year, fine. If not, then you can cut it down. Let's pray. Father, I thank you today for the truth of your word, for the principles in this parable, this story that you taught us. Help us as we extract this process of healing uh, and to give us the language in the days ahead and cultural understanding here at Harvest that we would be a church that heals. In your name we pray. Everyone said amen. Uh, here we go. Uh, so the first thought I want you to think about is if you're dealing with something in your life, a depression perhaps, uh, anxiety, fear, anger, maybe an addiction, how do you go about getting better? How do you do that? How would you go about or how do you go about getting better? Maybe you want to do better at work. Maybe you'd like to be a better parent. Maybe you'd like to be a better spouse. How do you do that? This expectation of uh, life should be better, my life should be better, I should be better, is actually valid. I want to validate that all of us are born with uh, an expectation that life could be better, I could be better. We're born with that, uh, that desire. But the universal problem <laughs> is that life doesn't work the way it should, and there's this huge gap in most of our experiences between what we would expect and what we experience. What we would expect when we go to the tree of our life, and then we look at it, we have an expectation, I should be better, it should be better, but it's not. And so what we try to do is fix that gap, try to improve that gap, try to get better. So it's not wrong to have an expectation, but most of us try harder at what we're presently doing to try to solve this universal gap. 
Now, I want you to think about the tree because the tree is trying. Dream team, say trying. <laughs> the tree is trying. This tree is not just some weed growing on the side of the road. This, this has been planted in a vineyard. It's been planted in a garden. There is potential. There is intentionality. But this tree has not produced any fruit. And it's been trying for three years. And it's been trying hard. But nothing has changed. Expectation of fruitfulness is good. We want to get better. But most of us try harder and harder. And we've talked about this in the context of trying to reach God through the tree of the knowledge of good and evil as opposed to, as we sang that song this morning, your breath in my lungs, his life inside of me, the tree of life. But most of us are trying to change our lives by trying harder and harder, but nothing's really changing. It's not because of lack of trying. We're trying. Say I'm trying. Most of us, I would say all of us, are trying. The years and the time that we spend trying, we're going to call bad time. Bad time. Time that's invested, energy that's expelled to try to make life better, but nothing changes. Bad time. Bad time, trying to overcome this gap between what we expect and where we're at, I want to call just kind of being stuck. And I've been there. You've been there. And bad time often produces much of the uh, difficulty that people face in terms of depression, despair, anxiety, anger. A lot of that emotional difficulty finds its beginnings in bad time because of the frustration of life and trying to live life, trying to get better, but not getting better. The next part of our story as we read it as Jesus told it, trying to overcome uh, this, this bad time, is what we bump into next is, is a legal response of judgment. I'm calling it a legal response because whether a person understands Christianity or understands the plan of God or not, they may call themselves an atheist. They may say, I don't even believe in God. But we understand that God, as he's created the world and the world order, that we're born separated from God in sin, and we're born under the law. And God's law pronounce with judgment, God's law judges us as sinners, judges us as not uh, being able to fulfill God's law. Only Jesus fulfilled God's law. We are born under the law. The law has an expectation, and we don't meet the law's expectation. Again, whether you know there's a law, there isn't. And I could take time this morning to explain that even if you say, no, I don't believe that, I could show you that everybody produces under a set of expectations, and it's a universal expectation that has its beginnings in that we are on this planet and we don't meet the expectations of God's law. So we feel guilt, condemnation, shame. The Bible says in Romans 4 that the law brings wrath or the law brings anger. A lot of the anger that we deal with in our lives, if, you, uh, if you'd like to get better in that area, you go, man, I just can't seem to overcome Anger. I'm snapping at my kids. I get angry at my wife. I live in frustration. Could very well be because that you're not changing what you want to change. And so there's this inherent anger in your life because you can't overcome. Now, 
as we look at bad time, we look at this expectation and this cycle, I want you to see that not God, God's not coming to examine your tree. I've met so many people that, well, that, that, that's God in the story. He's coming to look at my life, and he finds me wanting, and he's angry, and he's saying, I'm going to cut you down. I'm going to judge you unless you change your life. No. See, that as we look at the story, the judgment is based in the law, but Jesus came and fulfilled the law. Jesus came to take judgment out of the way. Say, out of the way. Judgment, yes, in this closed system, as we live our lives without God, as we live our lives outside of the Christian community, then we live in this closed system of bad time, of trying harder, failing, trying harder, failing, and not having any uh, lasting change in our life. And this closed system will never change. And there's a voice that says, cut it down. Judge it. It's over. It's not changing. The answer is cut it down. Now, just think about it for a moment. Can the tree ever become fruitful if you cut it down? The tree cannot become fruitful if you cut it down. Judgment is the end of the thing. Judgment is the end, not the beginning. Judgment is the absolute end, and yet under the pronouncement in the closed system without God that the, there is judgment that says it, 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 it cannot be fruitful. It cannot change. Now, in our story, though, we have to get rid of judgment. Enter the advocate. So somebody walks into the garden. Somebody walked into your life. Somebody walked into my life named Jesus. And he's our advocate. The Bible calls him an advocate. It's a legal term to, to, to present the evidence in the courtroom that we are not under judgment. He shows his scars. He shows his sacrifice on the cross. He shows that he was dead, buried, and resurrected. That he is our advocate. And his voice was, leave them alone. He says to the law, no, I fulfilled you. You do not have legal right over them anymore. And a voice in the garden in your life and in my life says, leave them alone. This morning, I want you to see this. In John chapter 3, 17, God sent his son into the world not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. Jesus took God's judgment on the cross on himself. And so he said, leave them alone. And judgment was, uh, the fancy biblical word is propitiation. <laughs> the old King James uses that word, that God's wrath was turned away from you, away from, from me. Leave them alone, and it was placed, Jesus took it. And so the law no longer has legal hold over us because Jesus takes away judgment. Now, I want you to see this. So growth is impossible under judgment. If judgment is present, growth is not possible. If you're trying to change in the closed system, or even if you've accepted Christ, and you still kind of ser trying to serve God under this judgment, under the, under the law, and you're not understanding grace, then uh, you, you are trying to perform in a system that you'll never grow. There will never be changed. So the voice of the advocate has to come and to remove, in order for there to be growth, you must remove judgment. 
And that's why we've been talking about in the years leading up and, and in these weeks leading up, Easter in Amazing Grace, because I want you to understand this is so important because many, we say we don't want to be legalistic. We don't want people serving Jesus under the law. We don't want them trying to get the rules right. Here are the rules. Here's what you do. Because that's going to create a frustration that cancels growth. Some people that have grown in a legalism uh, background, uh, and even if they don't have a religious legalism, maybe they had a parent, that every time they get it wrong, they can hear the voice, and maybe that's you this morning as you're watching online or here in the room, the voice of a mom, a voice of a dad, a voice of a coach, a voice of someone who imprinted you in life. And when you get it wrong, you hear their voice. Some of us, the judge in our own head is our worst enemy, keeping us from growing, keeping us from transforming, keeping us from having lasting change because judgment is present. That's why as we look at this and this story, if, if we understand this, that's why we have to be so intentional in our lives to remove judgment, make sure it's not there, because Jesus removed it. If Jesus removed it, why are so many churches trying to put it back in place? Through legalism and, and through uh, uh, kind of this approach, this religious approach to God. We want to remove it. Henry Cloud does an amazing job and as he teaches this and in many of the written materials that you might come across, and he compares, he's saying that he doesn't think churches should become recovery groups per se, you know, like AA or, or, or Celebrate Recovery or some great uh, recovery groups that are out there that understand these principles. But he said, think about it. Many churches have a criteria for membership, and the, the criteria for membership is a standard of holiness. So when you... Uh, when you kind of have an understanding of, the, of God's criteria of holiness, then that would qualify you to be a member in our church. Think about it. <laughs> and so that's the criteria. In a recovery group, your criteria for membership is you have to be screwed up. You have to be messed up to join a recovery group. And when you come to a recovery group, you sit down, you go, uh, hi, my name is Roy. And the recovery group responds, Hi, Roy. We're all in this together. Welcome. You're in the right place. And often churches without understanding it have become a place that instead the requirement for membership is some level of holiness. That means the guy at the top of the organization, the pastor, must be holiest of all. And we're going to ascribe to some levels of holiness instead of understanding that we're in this together. And in church, when you have a problem then, you can't talk about that problem. You can't talk about failure because you're supposed to have a standard of holiness. And so we call that denial. If you go to the recovery group and say, hey, I got it all together. Hey, I've arrived. Hey, I don't need you guys anymore. They're going to call it denial. <laughs> Instead of seeing that as fellow human beings, we are in a struggle called life, but we're not alone. We have Jesus who enters in now, enters into the system and says, stop the judgment so there can be growth. Now, we stop the judgment, but that's not enough. There does need to be growth. Say growth. And you want me to grow. I'll tell you, Christina wants me to grow because she has to live with me. 
So she wants me to grow. She wants that the principles of God's word have lasting effect in my life. The greatest gift I could give to her is to allow God's grace to change me. And, and so we are not left to ourselves. Jesus has a destiny. Jesus has a plan for your life and for my life, and we're going to be transformed and we're going to grow. He accepts, he forgives, and he transforms. Say transforms. All right, let's look at the three things. We get judgment out of the way. Three things have to happen, and uh, it is dig, fertilize, and time. Dig, fertilize, and time. Let's translate this into the healing process. And what this first session does, actually this is session one and two, if you're following the notes, is kind of sets us up for the lessons that follow that are going to talk about the individual main growth areas of our lives uh, as we grow as, as Christ followers, uh, we're going to zero in on these areas of our life. So the first one is dig. And we're talking about digging down around the roots of the tree, getting into what is causing the why of this tree. Judgment doesn't care why. Judgment just says, you're fruitless, cut it down. Jesus says, get rid of the judgment, but let's get the truth Jesus is both grace and truth, and his loving truth is allowed to get down into the root system of our lives and find out why we are the way we are. Why am I experiencing brokenness? Why do I have these cycles of pain? Why do I have uh, uh, un unfruitfulness in my life? I have a, a pen here in my pocket, and uh, if I were to take this pen that are mass-produced in a factory, and, and, uh, and I get this one, and I go to write with it. I pull the cap off, and, you know, it has all, it looks like it's all intact and ready to go. And I start to write with it, but it won't write. And, you know, they stick it on your tongue. I don't know why people, I, I do it. I don't know why. I, maybe somebody can text in, and maybe there's a scientific reason to do that. I get putting a little heat on it. That causes maybe the ink to flow. But, and we try, and you know what, you can, you, this pen, if I, I could, it just won't run. I could press harder and harder until I'm actually inscribing into the paper. I can yell at it. I can tell it. I can, you know, tell it good pen verses, and it just, it won't, it won't write. And as we dig into the issue, if I take the time to pull it apart, I would find out in this particular case that it came from the factory without ink in the refill. There's no ink in the refill. It came from the factory with a problem. Maybe another analogy today would be like a mechanic, if there's something wrong with your car, and, you know, it, it wah, 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 and it just won't start. And so you start quoting car verses to it. Okay, wah, 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 and it still won't start. Now, don't get me wrong. We're going to see where the God's word applies and where God's, wor God's word works. But so often, we haven't taken the time to dig in and help people get down into the root system of their life. And look, we don't, I, I don't let anybody with a shovel come running toward me and start digging around my roots, all right? We have people that understand life and are farther down the road than I am or you are and can help us and have the resources. It's not the blind leading the blind. Hey, I've been serving Jesus for a couple years. Here's a shovel. Let me dig into your root system and find out what's wrong. No, it, with a car, it's a mechanic. Well, it's a little easier with a pen. But think about your car. And a mechanic who's trained and certified discovers. Maybe that car was in a terrible car wreck years ago, and there are just things so disconnected. 
People have car wrecks. People come from the factory missing pieces. I don't yell at the pen and say, okay, pen, welcome to harvest. You have no ink. What kind of pen are you that you came that without no ink? Fine, I'm just going to put you over here, and I'm going to leave you here uh, until next Sunday, and I'm going to hold you accountable. I'm going to hold you accountable to get some ink. So just make sure you get some ink, and we'll be, we'll be holding you accountable. That is probably one of the most ridiculous phrases I've ever heard in Christendom. I will hold you accountable. I'm holding him accountable. A friend says, hey, I'm, I want to diet. I want to lose some weight. Great. Uh, how are you going to do that? Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to exercise. I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do that. Great. I'll hold you accountable. Holding somebody accountable for behavior that they can't change is the stupidest idea on planet Earth, and it creates more expectation and more judgment because when they got it wrong, they come to you and they go, I got it wrong. Well, I'm holding you accountable. I'm so sorry. I'll try harder next time. Instead of saying, oh, you don't have any ink, I want to help you get some ink. Could, I, could, I, could we get, help you get some ink into your life? Which is the next part of this is when we dig around and discover why, what, the why of brokenness, the why of what needs to happen. It says that we're going to put fertilizer into their life. Additives, additives that aren't there, additives that are outside of my system and need to be added in. Say additives. You need additives and I need additives. You can't earn it and you don't deserve it and you can't do it because if you could do it, you would have come from the factory perfect. But you didn't and I didn't and we didn't. And so there are additives that have to be put in and that's called grace. When God gives to us what we don't earn or deserve, that there are shortcomings in my life, there are inadequacies in my life, and if I could be adequate, I didn't need Jesus. But those inadequacies, when we dig down and find out what they are, and I can say, God, will you put into my life what I didn't come through the factory, or that car crash in my life, that trauma, that circumstance, or what was missing in my childhood, whatever it might be. And Jesus said, I went to the cross so I could be adequate for your inadequacies. But Jesus came, the voice in the garden, stopped the judgment, and I'm going to put some fertilizer. Jesus came as God, right, the voice of God. God, God is accepting and loving. God is for us, not against us, as we were singing today. But he also came as a... They, Questions get harder after this. So this is the easy one. Jesus came as God and as a, a man. Thank you, Dream Team. If you're wondering online, I am talking to real people in the room. Our Dream Team is here today, and they're getting some training, and they're helping me preach uh, today in this 15% capacity. We're utilizing our time well. He came as God and as man. And he came as a man to demonstrate to us that we need each other. We need other people. The idea, me and Jesus alone, we'll, we'll, get, we'll get my life all worked out and fixed up. No, it isn't. You, you have to open your system up to other people. Fertilizer, grace, also comes from other people in your life. Ephesians 4.16 says, he makes the whole body fit together perfectly as each part does its own special work. It helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. 
And for a local church to be healthy and growing and full of love, it's a group of people on a journey together. Hi, my name is Roy. Hi, Roy. We're in this together. We're going to dig. We're going to believe for the, uh, that your life has something for me and my life has something for you. I so appreciate uh, Karen as she leads in worship, oversees our media. And if you've been close to Karen, you'll know that she has an empathy gift. Uh, she has this incredible gift that she's been born with that she has the capacity to put herself into somebody else's shoes and feel what they're feeling. And I just, when, when I watch her in action, it blesses me because I need some additives in that area. I look at life differently. I, I, I grew up uh, in an environment that was super critical, super judgmental. And so uh, I, I just love being around people that can just naturally ooze out empathy. And when I watch it, I can learn it, and I can have those additives into my life to help because I'm missing some ingredients. Are you following me this morning? And so we're looking at digging, fertilizer. Uh, we're, we're in this together, as Ephesians said. And the last one, if I could have the team come back up, is time. Time. Not bad time. Bad time is just continuing throughout our lives. And even maybe as you're watching online today, you've been uh, serving in a church somewhere or maybe even here at Harvest, but you didn't know about good time versus bad time. And bad time is just trying on your own, harder and harder and harder, getting the same results, unfruitfulness. But good time, and we do need time. That's what this is really pointing out. And it said, give it a year. We're going to dig. We're going to stop the judgment. Aren't you glad Jesus stopped the judgment? And we're going to learn. Hey, I'm still learning how to stop the judgment. It's like a knee-jerk reaction sometimes, isn't it? that we try to figure out the why a person is. We're not allowed to figure out the why. That's only when you dig down with the work of the Holy Spirit that that person's allowed to discover the why and then discover what additives that they need in their lives. Did you know you don't get to tell another person what additives are missing? <laughs> that's not, see, that's judgment again. No, as they grow, they'll begin to discover, as I discover, you discover, as we open up the system, as we're in safe environments. That's why we emphasize group here. It's one of the safest environments is with other people, as Ephesians was saying. And we hear the story, as, as Ryan and Brittany were telling us in the video. When I hear somebody else's story, I often can go, I can often relate and go, what? 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 And it normalizes my pain. It normalizes that I'm going through that too. But then I begin to hear how their story, as they begin to realize uh, what the additives and how Jesus began to put the additives in, I'm going, wait, whoa, whoa, I don't have that. I've been pressing my life down so hard and I don't have any ink. <laughs> I don't have any ink. I don't have any ink. And Jesus says, I am adequate for your inadequacies. My grace is sufficient for you. <laughs> My grace is sufficient for you. He embraced your inability on the cross. Think about it. He embraced it. Good time. He said, give it a year. And that year isn't 12 months. This isn't a one and done. This isn't come on Sunday, high five, I'm a Christian now. Everything changes. Well, no, your relationship and your awareness of Jesus in you changes. And that even grows stronger and stronger as time goes by. 
But we got to get good with people are allowed to get it wrong. People are allowed to fail. We give space and room, and that's, that's how growth happens is you, you learn something in group, and, and, and then you take it away, and you try it, and you're successful too, and you might fail on one. But you're moving forward. Say forward. And that's good time. And as the years go by, it's not a cycle. It's a moving forward with his grace, his additives, others' additives in our lives. We stop the judge. He pours in his grace. He doesn't leave me the way I am, but his truth begins to bring healing to the areas of my life. <laughs> the accidents, the trauma, the missing ingredients. And his, lo his love embraces me. I realize, oh, wait a minute. It's okay to be without ink. He, he, knew, he knew about that. And I'm not going to try to make it up anymore. I'm not going to try to pretend anymore. Hi, my name's Roy. I have no ink. <laughs> yeah. Churches that heal. We're going to experience growth. We're going to experience discipleship. We're going to experience these things. But it has to be in an environment that's judgment-free, rich with ingredients of his love, his mercy. Honey, would you come? You got some things we want to pray for today. We realized last week, as in the shutdown, so many people are angry. I'll tell you what, I wouldn't want to be in a government position right now. I just would not want to be. Wow, the pressure. We're going to pray for our government leaders. Chris is going to do that in a moment. And the Bible says if you do that, it goes well with you. I'm not angry that we're shut down. I'm disappointed. I mean, in, in a disease, I think the government has been incredibly generous with churches. Yeah incredibly generous, that we're allowed to do things. They go, whoa, you're allowed to go that store and that store. Yeah, whatever. But in terms of large group gatherings, you're not allowed. And yet they're allowing churches to meet, at, 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 you know, and I understand, at different capacities. So I, for one, am grateful. We want to pray uh, for our, our leaders. But just before we do, I'd just, just like to invite, if you're online today, and even if you're in the room, if you've never given your life to Jesus, if you realize that you're in a closed system and, and you've never invited Jesus into your system, you didn't know there was a voice that said, stop this nonsense. Let's move judgment aside. And you didn't know there was a God that loves you and accepts you. I, I want to introduce you to him today. His name is Jesus. And he wants to come into your life. But he respects you so greatly he wants to be invited. The way has been made, but you have to invite him by accepting what he did on Calvary's cross. We call it Easter. We celebrated it last week. If you're online or in the room today, honey, would you just help me by praying after me? I want you just to pray this simple prayer today of invitation. Dear Jesus. Dear Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. That you love me. That you love me. And you can stop. And you can stop. The madness. The madness. Of the cycle of my life. Of the cycle of my life. Of not measuring up. Of not measuring And not knowing. Up, and not knowing. How to change. How to change. Today. Today. I heard. I heard. That you don't judge me. That you don't judge me. That you love me. That you love me. And today. And today. I receive that love. I receive that love. I ask you. I ask to forgive you to me forgive me for going my own way. For going my own way. But today, but today I go your way. I go your way. Come into my garden. Come into my garden. 
I want to start this new life with you. Amen. Amen. If you prayed that prayer for the first time, would you help us by celebrating with you, yeah. by just putting it in the box today? Just just text, or, or not text, but type in the box, yes. I made the decision. Let's yes. pray today uh, for, let's stand together, Dream Team, and let's just close this service in prayer. Yes. Also, if you did accept Jesus this morning, you made that amazing um, choice. If you could text us at 613-704-7287. We have a Bible that we want to put aside for yeah. you. So um, make sure you just let us know. We want to stand with you. We want to celebrate. We want to celebrate with, with the angels and with you. That's right. Um, we want to pray for our mayor of Cornwall. Uh, it's This is a hard time and yeah. decisions have to be made. And I mean, I make enough decisions in a week that I think are stressful. I couldn't imagine making decisions at that government yeah. level or uh, for Premier Doug Ford and for Justin Trudeau. You so know, you do Bernadette. Yeah. I want to do her, her honored Bernadette. And I'd like to do um, Prime Minister, uh, Premier Ford and you do the Prime Minister. All right? Sounds good. All right, let's go. <laughs> Let's all, let's all agree in prayer today. Father, we thank you this Lord morning, God, Jesus. that you put officials over us, God, that you put people thank into you, places to yes, make decisions, Lord. God. And we're just praying for Bernadette Clement this morning, God, as she oversees our city, God, as she makes huge decisions and God, pressing decisions and decisions that could, could um, just affect many. God, I pray that you will just put just a hedge of protection around her this yes, morning, God. Lord. You'll give her grace, God, as she yes, makes decisions, Lord. God, as she deals with, with um, her counsel, God, that, Father, she will find unity in her counsel, God. God, I just pray for the woman that you have put in yes, charge, God, the woman that oversees our bless city, her. God. I pray, Father, you will just pour out blessings on her today. God, that she'll even sleep well. Father, that she will find grace where there isn't grace before, yeah. but, God, you will yes. touch her this morning, yes, Father. Lord. In a gracious Jesus. way, Father. Thank you, God. We're praying for Justin Trudeau, Father, as he makes decisions, God, as he has to come against so much um, people saying wrong and this and that, God. But, but God, you'll give him grace this morning, Father, that he will know that there is a church praying for him, God, yes. an official, God, that oversees, yes, Father, yes, that you Lord. will just, Father, put we'll a grace him, there. Father, touch his family, God, touch his kids in this time, this stressful time, Father, where families are under attack and marriages are under attack. But God, you will keep them intact, Father, and that you yeah. will just be loving and gracious to them, Father, today. Thank you, God. Thank you, Father. Lord, as we pray for our Premier Doug Ford today. Yes. And Lord, as Christine's been praying, it's interesting, just for the people, not so much the position, but for the real live person that's in that position. Lord, as we've been able to see Doug Ford's frustration, sometimes anger, we see he's a real man with real feelings, a real family. Lord, we just would ask right now that you would bless the man, bless the family. Lord, bless his sleep. Bless, Lord, his capacity, I pray. And Lord, where he, where he feels uh, the attack and the curse uh, of those that look upon him, uh, in a negative fashion, we would say today, Lord, let him sense your eyes of, uh, that are looking on him, your strength that's pouring into him today. And Lord, I do thank you that as a church today for the level of what we have. And Lord, you said as we would continue to pray, it would continue to go well with us. So thank you today, Lord. We don't just pray out of obedience, but we pray today knowing, Lord, that these are real people in need of your love, your acceptance, your guidance, your wisdom today in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 We have a prayer, a praise report. Um, Sue Crates, she's right here, and she said, I'm happy 
to say that my burn, which was pretty severe, is now completely healed. Hey, come on. Come on, completely. Come on. Healing. We love healing. So just healing. thank you, Harvest, for your prayers. Yeah. You know, when we don't think our praying makes a difference, then all of a sudden you hear this prayer request this praise report yeah. and it's like wow it really works no yeah. it really works yeah, let us know as you've been asking for prayer when you get answers to prayer let us yeah, know yeah so we, we, we really really want to know so send the church an email or give a call or whatever um we we want to hear your praise report as well so if you have a prayers a praise report uh, just leave it at prayer at hcfcormel.ca so that we can celebrate because yeah. we're praying for you so we want to know when you receive yeah. your miracle we want to know it's important to us are we done? Well, I just want to tell them to have a good week in their okay, small groups. you could do that. Are you rushing me? I am. Story of my life. Um, <laughs> see, he's going to push me right off the stage. <laughs> Enjoy your small groups, Harvest. The Dream Team, we love you guys. We love you love online. You so God bless we love you, you. church Enjoy family. Small group God this bless. Week. We'll see you next week. Same place, same time. <laughs>